Donna and Carrie tell us a story and make it scary. Donna and Carrie tell us a story and make it scary. We need the fright, we need the chills up our spine. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 173. And you just heard Lauren H. And I'm singing. What movie is that from? <laughs> Elf. Oh. I only watched it like one time that I cracked up on. Oh my God, y'all. When we watched it the first time, my sister and Tiffany used to work at this dollar movie theater. And so my sister Casey was the manager. So we could like, we would watch movies and stuff after hours. And my parents cleaned it. <laughs> right. So um, we watched Elf after hours. And Donna literally had to stand up. She had a side cramp. She laughed so hard at so one point. So hard. But after that, I just don't watch it a lot. I think it was one of those. It was just because it really is a funny movie. But I think it was just like the environment and yeah. the people and we were by ourselves and it was late. So we yeah. were a little more kooky because it was like yeah. after midnight, you know. Yeah. So we just, it was funny. But anyway, Lauren H. killing it with the intro. Yes. If you want to kill it with an intro too, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay. The first one. Don't trust the witch in the woods. Sinister sightings, but people. Hey, beautiful ladies. My name is Nicole. Feel free to use my name, but I've changed the others in the first story. I'm a new listener from a town near Glasgow in Scotland. Please don't refer to me as British, as most of us Scots hate that. Anyway, here's a couple of stories for you. I'm sorry to advance for the length. I love you gals so much and just adore the relationship you two have. So I was badly bullied from age 7-ish to 10-ish by mainly two girls in my class. We'll call them B and H. It was constant. I was beat up every single day, called names daily, got things thrown at me, was left out of everything. All because I was a large stuffed crust pizza as a kid. Not my parents' fault. I have a binge eating disorder, which hasn't fully been diagnosed to this day, and I'm now 29 and an extra large stuffed crust. One weekend, whilst mom was at work, my cousin who lived over the bridge from us, five minutes away, had been over visiting my dad and my younger brother, and when she was walking home, sent me with her so I could buy cigarettes for him at the shop so I could bring them back. She left to walk home, and I was on my way back. I bumped into B, can't actually remember if H was here this day though, and a girl in our class called M, who lived across from me at the time. B was being so nice to me, and nine-ish-year-old me, desperate for friends, was over the moon. They invited me to go to this place close to us called the Black Bing. Basically, it's a massive wooden area slash forest. So, I took the cigarettes back to my dad and told him I was going out. Actually, not sure who I said, but definitely wasn't them since he wouldn't let me go if he knew. Off we set for the 15 to 20 minute walk to Black Bing. It was B, M, a boy younger than us called C, and M's younger brother, plus a staffy dog and I. We got there and we were exploring. 
I got nervous being in a secluded area with them at this point. B decided that the dog needed something to play with as we were at a creek river. Not satisfied with a stick, she forcefully took one of my slider sandals off my foot and threw it in the water for the dog to play fetch with. Thank God the dog didn't run it. B then disappeared for a bit and came back. What comes next, I really can't believe I fell for it. I was only nine and very trusting. B told me she was pregnant and had gone to the witch who lived in the woods and she gave her something to eat to get rid of it. Cringe writing that. And I had to eat it too. Really, Nicole, you're a fucking idiot for having to believe this. They said that, not me. So I did. I ate this big wild mushroom and thought she had ate it too, but she probably pretended. Insert eye roll emoji. After this, I got so scared of them and the witch in the woods. We start heading back and they were bullying me, telling me that they were going to get the dog to attack me, etc. So I decided not to walk back with them and hung back from the group. A lovely woman and her husband were gardening in their garden and asked if I was okay. I broke down and told them what happened and that I was terrified to walk home with them. I was five minutes away from my aunt and uncle's house, so I should have really gone to theirs. But my dad would know where I had been and with whom. And I'd be grounded and in big trouble. Again, stupid Nicole. Should have just gone to your aunt's. I told the couples this and the woman offered to walk me halfway home, so off we went. Yeah, stupid idea to eat a poisonous wild mushroom. And I spent the night on the sofa with a sick bucket. Thankfully, I wasn't sicker than that. I could have been seriously ill. Suffice to say, I never trusted B, M, or even H's kindness again. I didn't even tell my parents until a few years ago what actually happened. I just told them I didn't feel well. Thank God for my amazing parents. They fought for me to get into a good high school in a different town because we didn't live in the catchment area and the school was the best in the area. They had lots of people trying to get in. My dad had to take it to the Board of Education to get me a place. What did my primary school do about the bullying? Absolutely fuck all. Legit nothing. I was beaten up outside of school weekly as well as bullied inside of school. Because I was beaten up after school hours, they couldn't do anything. Still makes me so angry to this day. The bullying has severely affected me to this day. I suffer from depression and anxiety. I have one friend, plus her husband, not including my sisters. Shout out to my 19-year-old sister, Kay, and my 15-year-old sister, Kirsty, who are my entire world. Like I said, I'm 29 now, and I have to live with those experiences every single day. I can't get into a relationship with men because of my mental health issues, too. B has apologized loads for what she's done to me. First time was on my 21st birthday night out. She also bought me a drink. She has even apologized to my mom for the trouble she caused. She's a strong, amazing woman and mom now, and I have forgiven her. M moved away that year and never heard from her again. H, to this day, has never apologized nor acts like she's done anything wrong. Moral of this, don't be an arsehole and bully people just because of their weight and looks. And don't believe a nine-year-old when she says she's pregnant and a witch has given her something to, quote, help. I'm sorry for the link to this, but if you liked it, I can send my family's paranormal experiences. Let me end on a funny story. I was four or five and living in a different place to the first story. My then best friend M and I were out playing when a group of teen boys bet us that we couldn't take a puff off of a cigarette. M being the more sensible one didn't, and I did. I put the, <laughs> I put the ash end in my mouth and took a puff. God, was I an idiot. I got in so much trouble. Stay spooky, ladies. Thanks for reading this and all the amazing content you put out. Nicole, XOXO.
Oh my gosh. That would have been Donna trying to smoke a cigarette. Well, I, not really, because I guess your mom smoked. Yeah. But also, fuck those girls. Oh my gosh. Kids can be the worst, right? So fucking cruel. But here's the thing, too. Is that they didn't know because they're just kids. They didn't know that making her eat something could actually kill her. Right. You know, they're just, oh, it's going to be funny. Like, no, they could have killed you. I thought for a second you were going to say they didn't know they were bullying her. And I was about oh, to like, no, they did. 100% they did. And look, I would have believed a nine-year-old too saying that she got pregnant. And a witch gave her something. I just feel so bad that you had to go through that because... I cannot imagine the anxiety that you had all the time. Like, that makes my stomach hurt. Just thinking about the anxiety I have when I'm, like, going somewhere new and I don't know, like, the layout or anything like that. That anxiety, it's, like, it really does make me sick. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine having to go to school and feeling that every day. Because then you're also going to get beat up. So you have pain that way, too. So it's just, like... A vicious cycle. Yeah. Thank you, though, for sharing. And also, send in those paranormal stories. Okay, the next one. Hello, ladies. I'd like to go by D, if that's all right. I finally decided to send in my stories after listening to you for over a year now. From the very second I heard you both laugh, I fell in love. You're so funny, and I always look forward to hearing a new episode. Anyway, let's jump into it, shall we? The first event took place when I was in eighth grade. My mom and I lived in her uncle's house, but he was in another country when this happened, so it was only his wife, their son, who I call my cousin, my mom and I there for the time being. The adults were at work, and my cousin, who was a few years older than me, had started hanging out with the wrong crowd, something to take note of, had also left. I can't remember if he was at work or somewhere else. Well, this day, a guy came banging on the door. It literally scared me because it was so loud. Me being the antisocial person and being 13 to 14 years old, I wasn't going to open the door for anyone I didn't know, especially seeing that he was calling for a Mike. Now, there wasn't anyone named Mike living in our house. I quietly walked to the door to look at the peephole and let him continue to bang on the door. My mom and I shared a room that faced the street, so I was able to see the guy walk away from the house when he noticed that no one would open the door or he thought the house was empty. Well, after a while, I went to the kitchen to get myself some ice cream. I remember scooping some out when I heard a noise to my left. Standing still, I listened and heard it again. The important thing to note is that next to the fridge, which was on my left, we had the washer and dryer, and behind them were windows with white lace curtains, so I was somewhat able to see outside, but you couldn't really see in when you were outside. I turned to look and saw the same guy who was banging on the door trying to open the thankfully locked window. For a second, I just stood there shocked and in disbelief that someone was trying to break in. Then I got closer to the window and thinking back, I did have a cell phone with a camera and regret not taking his photo or a video or something first. But anyway, I stood there with the corner of the curtain lifted, just waiting, waiting to see if this guy would notice me. I remember he was looking down while standing on a table or something similar to be able to reach the bottom of the window, trying to push it up and open. He finally looked up and saw me. 
In an instant, he had put his hood up and jumped off and started running away. That's when I started shaking in fear. I didn't know what else to do, so I called my best friend. I remember thinking, what if he comes back? Does he know I'm home alone? She tried to calm me down in order for me to call the police, but at that moment, my cousin's mom came home, so I hung up the phone, rushed outside to tell her what happened only a few minutes before. We got in her car trying to see if I could see the guy walking or running around, but of course I didn't. We were on the way to the police station, but neither her or I knew exactly where it was, so we went back home and nothing else happened. He never came back. The police weren't called, but I was still somewhat shaken up. If you remember me mentioning about my cousin hanging out with the wrong crowd, it was really bad. He was in a gang, and once rival gangs knew, they started drama and, of course, fought. My theory was a rival gang member could have possibly known that my cousin was away from the house, and because there were no cars anywhere, he assumed that the house was empty and pretended to call for Mike in case anyone was home and opened the door, he could say he had the wrong house. But like I said, 13, 14-year-old me, hell, even 28-year-old me, hates opening the door for people I don't know. So he came back and checked to see if he could break in and do God knows what. I'm glad in the end nothing happened, but my mom and I definitely moved out a few years later when I got into high school, which leads me to my second story. I was probably in ninth or 10th grade at this point. My mom and I rented the top part of a split level house. The owners lived downstairs, but we all used the same front door to walk into the house. My mom's room was right across from mine and she would hang a half kitchen curtain on her door because she liked to lay down in her bed with her door open, but didn't like the thought of one of the owners coming up and seeing her in bed. Well, one night after the kitchen and the hallway lights were off, my mom was in her room watching TV with the lights turned off but had her door open and I was in my room light on with the door open and I heard my mom call my name so I got up to go to her door moved the curtain away and asked what she needed are you walking back and forth in front of my door she asked I answered no thinking nothing of it and later got back to my room after a few minutes she gets ready for bed and tells me good night I end up closing my door but stayed awake probably watching a scary movie or something when maybe 20 minutes later, my mom opens my door, annoyed at me. Are you trying to open my door? Me being shocked and confused, I say no and ask her why she thinks I am. That's when she tells me that she keeps hearing her doorknob jiggle nonstop, but when she goes to open her door, no one's there. The shadows she saw walking by her door, the jiggling of the doorknob, but nothing or no one being there, my first thought, demon. I tried to brush it off, but we were both a little scared. I kept my mouth shut on my demon theory because I didn't want to frighten my very Catholic mom, so she went back to her room and I closed my door yet again. I'm not sure how much time passed by when I hear my mom's frantic voice calling my name over and over. I get up in a panic, swing my door open, and my heart jumps at the sight in front of me. My mother is desperately trying to close her room door, calling for my help. I see a dark figure trying to get into her room. She has a curtain pole in one hand and trying to push her door closed with the other. I stand there bewildered. I don't want to get close to it, but I don't know what to do to help my mom. Reaching around the corner hall, I turn the light on and the shadow climbs down her doorframe and goes down the hall and downstairs into the homeowner's living room. Shocked and scared, both my mom and I stand there wondering what we should do. Apparently, the commotion woke the homeowners, so we explain what happened. Of course, they don't believe us until we all hear a noise coming from their enormous entertainment system. 
They had a huge TV with a vast collection of DVDs built in and around the fireplace, so they never used it and you couldn't see it. The woman's husband goes near the TV and we hear shuffling again, but because of the noise we were making, we didn't see it again, so we called in a specialist to handle the situation. About an hour later, the shadow was gone and we were finally able to go back to sleep. The shadow was a raccoon. It somehow managed to get in from the fireplace, crawl through the entertainment system, climb two sets of small steps, completely ignore everything that was in the kitchen, and make its way down our hallway, and finally decide that scaring my mom to bits by climbing on her doorframe was a good idea. It's a story I will never forget. Funny enough, I think it was the second time a raccoon snuck into the house, but I honestly cannot remember what happened the first time. The second one was way more traumatic for sure. I hope you all enjoyed and that I made you giggle a bit. Before I go, I wanted to mention something else that has been happening to me. I'm currently at work listening to a sinister sighting, and someone has mentioned how they kept seeing the number 1111. Well, that reminded me how for the last few months, I've been seeing the number 444. Well, after so many times seeing it on the clock, even seeing it pumping gas, $44.45. I finally decided to Google it, and apparently it means that angel number 444 comes to you as a sign that your prayers have been heard and that the universe encourages you to stay focused to finish that job. What do you think? Thank you for the amazing podcast. Creep it real and don't get scared. I don't know about the numbers because I see a lot of the same like repetitive numbers like that a lot. And I feel like every time you Google it, it's like, it's an angel number. And it's like, they can't all be angel numbers, you know? So I don't know. So if anybody's into like numerology, let us know. Because I see 333-444-555-222. I don't know why I had to say it in not in <laughs> chronological order, but you get the point. Like I see them a lot. And literally it's always like, it's an angel number. But is it? Can they all be angel numbers? No, I don't know. About the numbers. Yeah, like I would see 333. But that was like our lucky number that we liked. But um, I don't know. I... I don't pay attention that much anymore, but like I still will be like 1234, you know, the one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just say like make a wish like on 1111 and stuff like that. But I don't see them that often anymore. No angels want to be around you. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) They say, oh, not her. Not her. But oh my God about the raccoon. Holy Hannah. Look, I love raccoons, but uh, not inside. See, I was going to say, you just want to see them on TikTok. You don't want to really see them in the wild. Right. And like, if I see them up close, I want it to be at someone's house that has one or at a zoo. Okay, the next one. Twist turns and teenage tales. Hey, ladies, you can use my name if you decide to read this email. My name is Crystal. Thank you for asking for content. I have a couple of interesting tales from my angsty teenage years that I've meant to write in, but life and shit. Anyway, this first tale is from about 10 years ago. I must have been around 17. Okay, so picture it. I'm tall, awkward, curly-haired, very studious introvert with very extroverted, extra-large pizza friends who decide to drag me out in the middle of bumfuck for Halloween party. Are you describing Carrie and... Me being her friend. You're not wrong. (laughs) This was an annual tradition at my best friend Rain's aunt's house as her aunt was born on Halloween. We had fun, blah, blah, blah. After the party, we got out of our costumes and drive back to my other friend Ryan's house as I had to work the next morning and my car was at his house. Now, Ryan is a spoopy bitch. He lives and breathes horror. So Halloween is his bread and butter. 
The three of us had recently decided to explore the paranormal in our spare time as the badass, spoopy teenage wannabe witches we thought we were. So naturally, Ryan decides that as we're driving home, we would try to channel any and all spirits because why not on a dim lit backwoods country road in the middle of the night with three inexperienced teens. This drive was not the longest drive, but definitely long enough for all of us to be freaked the fuck out. I thought I kept seeing something in the woods as we drove. Could I have been tired and manifesting due to the conversation? Most likely. Did I still think it was paranormal? Most likely. Anyway, we finally pull up to Ryan's apartment complex and decide to drive around the block a few times to calm ourselves down. All of a sudden, Rain screamed and jerked the car slightly, then started to drive a bit faster. Both Ryan and I, Ryan in the front seat and me in the back, look at each other completely confused. It was late enough at night that nobody else was on the road. No cars nearby, just one old lady walking down the street, which wasn't abnormal as Ryan lived in kind of a sketchy part of the city we lived in. She explained that she looked over at that old lady and the lady did not have a face. We both questioned if she was sure about what she saw. She flipped the car around the block and drove by again where the lady had been walking. She wasn't there anymore. On that note, we decided to hightail it the fuck out of there. As I departed, I looked at Rain through the rear view and said, I'll always be with you, trying to be a reassuring best friend, then hopped in my car and drove home. When I got home, I checked my phone. I had a text from Rain asking me why the hell I did because I scared her. I inquired further because, huh? I just left her ass like 20 minutes ago. She explained that she started to drive off, looked in the rearview mirror, and saw me sitting in the back seat smiling at her. So I either have a doppelganger, or I can and did manifest my energy to literally always be with her, which wasn't my intention, but cool. I have one more story that I'll make rather short. I lost my grandma also when I was 17. We were really close, and the loss of her devastated me. I didn't really get to say goodbye to her either. By the time I saw her, she was all but gone. After she passed, I had a few dreams about her, none of which made any sense, except one. The last dream I had about her was a couple of years ago, and I remember it perfectly. I was a kid in this dream, and I held my grandma's hand as we walked down railroad tracks on a beautiful, sunny day just talking, enjoying each other's company. We talked for what seemed like a very long time until we eventually reached a kind of arch off to the side of the tracks. My grandma led me right in front of the arch and told me that this was where we needed to part. The little dream version of me wanted to come with her. She smiled, hugged me again for what seemed like forever, and then it dawned on me that this was goodbye, and I started to cry, and she told me she loved me, and then I woke up. I haven't had any dreams of her since, and I'm thankful that my grandma gave me the opportunity to say goodbye like I wanted. Well, this has been incredibly long, so I apologize. I have a couple of other stories I might write in at some point. Thank you, ladies, for providing such a safe and wonderful place to be an extra-large pizza beautiful creepster. Creep it real and don't get scared, Crystal. That's why you don't look in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not no way, not no how. That's one thing Donna's taught us. <laughs> Well, look in the back seat before you get in, but not in the rearview mirror. That's what she said. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't want to see no one with no face. That reminds me of, I think it was Stigmata, where she's like riding in the cab and like a lady, like an old lady, maybe a nun, turns to look at her and the eyes like are yes. dark and it like, oh. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies. 
I've recently got into listening to your amazing stories and podcast. I've been trying to decide which of my sinister sightings to send to you, but today I got to experience an extreme one. I'm sorry for how long this will be as I'm trying to be as detailed as I can and unfortunately I'm typing this on my phone. I recently went down to Atlanta to bring my brother his service animal and ended up in a hotel for the night. I've experienced sleep paralysis multiple times. However, this one was different. It started off with me in a darkened room with a TV in front of me, my bed on the floor, and a side room to my left. I was in a house I didn't recognize. There is a hallway with a room or a door directly across from me. To the left was a living room type area. All of these areas were insanely dark, but I could still make out the shapes. I could see that something was off. I don't know how to describe it, except it felt wrong. It felt like a darkness that was trying to suffocate me. So I tried to turn on the lights and surprise, surprise, they didn't work. So I laid back down and began to sing. I was singing songs like Jesus Loves Me and My God. Yes, that's her sister act. As I made my way into joy to the world. I was clapping my hands together, of course. Something grabbed my arm and was trying to keep me from clapping. The words to that song dried up in my throat. I could feel my voice ripping away from my body. It made me angry. So I yelled, no, and my arm was free. It, whatever it was, tried to grab me again, and I was somehow able to snatch its arm. I held it in a firm grip as I began to speak the Lord's Prayer. I woke up fully at that moment as I completed the Lord's Prayer and could hear that I was actually speaking out loud. My hand was still clasped onto something, and I could still feel an arm-like appendage. I started on my phone to play any type of gospel music I could find. I could still feel the evil presence in my hotel room, so I turned on a light. The evil lessened. I eventually had to call my papa to pray for me because even with the light on, I could still feel it in the room. After he completed his prayers, it felt like the room lightened and I was able to completely breathe a sigh of relief. I have yet to go back to sleep because I'm scared that it'll come back. I may end up turning on all the lights just long enough for a quick nap before I make that long drive back to Virginia. So I hope you ladies and all of you creepsters enjoyed my story. I'll write back with more when I'm not terrified in a hotel room. Hope you ladies are doing well. As always, creep it real and don't get scared. Signed, Joy. I feel like it's, okay, this probably has nothing to do with anything, but like it's weird that you just said like stigmata and then it's the Lord's Prayer that pulled out of it. Yes. Also, love that you sang a song from Sister Act. Love that movie. Definitely one of my favorite movies. And (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh, God. I used to pretend like I was on this date in my living room. (laughs) (laughs) As I watched that movie, I would pretend to hold hands with him. I'm like... Oh, Dolores, and Cartier is so funny. I bet I can hit this, I guess. What an innocent thing, though. You're watching a fucking movie with, like, nuns playing <laughs> gospel music, playing all of this. This is a perfect date movie. I mean, which it is. Hello. It's great. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
was pathetic. Oh my god. I try to hold Marley's ball when I watch it TV. Ma'am. <laughs> it's not like as a boy. I just want closeness, you know, because she'll be like on her side. But like she's the one who has the outstretched paw. And it's like, hello, look at my little pads. And especially when she has fur, like it needs to be trimmed, but the fur is yeah. like coming out. And so like I want to hold it. And she goes, Mark. like it's a fucking Wicked Witch, like, those legs that just like roll your, in. She's like, <laughs> No, okay, well, that's your visual. My visual <laughs> is the alligator whack-a-mole game at the arcade. <laughs> the yeah, that motherfucker, track. yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> that game was a cheat, because I would fucking bonk those gators on the head, and it would not give me the point sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, come on now. I was, like, that's a terrible I would like, or something like that, wouldn't it? Like, because, you know, like when you hit it, it would like. Mouth would close. Yeah, but you could hear it. Yeah. It would do that. And I'm like. It sounded like dentures. Yes. Oh, don't talk about dentures. But yes. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, but do y'all do that with your pets? Hold their hands? Yeah. Yeah. Do they do like Marley did? Sometimes. You know what also just burns me up is that I will be sleeping so good and that bitch will wake me up. But she's sleeping. I'm like, oh, God, she's so peaceful. And I just, like, touch her, like, in a nice way. Uh (laughs) I touch her in a nice... That sounds gross. But, you know, like, to pet her. And she looks at me like, why have you disturbed my slumber? Like, so mean. And I'm like, I was being nice to you. You wake me up with, like, a howl. It is I. (laughs) She says, who disturbed my slumber? Okay, we got to move on. Hey ladies, I'm a new fan of your podcast. I've been listening to you for a couple of months and I decided to start way back in the very beginning in 2018 because I wanted to hear all of your stories. You are very entertaining and I appreciate all the laughs and the things that go bump in the night. I wanted to tell you about a story of a Ouija board. I wanted to remind people that just because it's spooky season doesn't mean that you should bust out the Ouija board and contact spirits because nine times out of ten, what you're contacting is not what you think it is. Let me give you an example. My older sister used to practice a lot of what I thought at the time was dark magic. The reason why I thought it was dark is because the fact that she always had peculiar things that happened to her. After my dad's death when I was 14, I was interested in the spirit world. She moved out in her own apartment and would always be on the Ouija board. And things got weird to the point whenever she left the room that the Ouija board was in, the eye of the board would follow her literally would lift up from the table and follow towards her wherever she went. That in itself scared the living crap out of me. My sister said she had decided to give the Ouija board to one of her friends, so that way hopefully the weird stuff would stop happening. This one time we went to the old house for a walkthrough with a new realtor to show her the new house. When we went into the backyard, the Ouija board was underneath the tree swing that we had in the backyard. This was the time before cell phones, so we had to wait until she got back to her house where she called her friend that she gave the Ouija board to and asked him if he had it any longer. Turns out he didn't, so that was the Ouija board she had given him. Holy crap, right? Fast forward to when I was in college, a friend of mine had contacted me and told me that he had been playing with a Ouija board. I had instantly told him about the stories that my sister had experienced when she played with one. I told him that he was going to have to get rid of it and there was no way in hell and there was no way in hell I was going to play with him. 
We took the board to my sister and asked her what we should do since she was the one that had the most experience with it. She told us that we needed to go and burn it and burn it until it was ashes. She informed us that we needed to go far away from any neighborhoods so that the spirit that may have been in the board cannot go into the houses in the residence, but close enough that in the event that we needed help, we would have somewhere to go. She instructed us that we needed to draw a circle and make sure that the pieces of the board were within the circle while burning it. So we went to this area that had a ditch and streets on both sides that were dirt about three blocks away from the closest residential area. We tore up the board before where it was in little pieces where we thought it would be easy to set on fire. Little did we know the Ouija board was going to be stubborn and didn't start on fire at all. So I started looking in my truck to see if I had anything flammable. So I found this little bottle of nail polish and poured it over the board and tried to light the nail polish. It still didn't light. So I looked around to see if I could find some little pieces of wood that were dry and little pieces of newspaper that I could start the fire with. And finally, after five hours, it caught a flame. Not like an orange or yellow or red flames. It was green and blue flames even on the cardboard parts. And when it finally started burning all over the board, it exploded and a little piece of shrapnel burnt through my shirt onto my titty. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I still have a little bit of a scar. It took another five hours for it to burn all the way into ashes. Thank goodness that it burns all the way to the ground and we covered it up with dirt and never went back to that site again. After that experience, I try to tell as many people as I can to never ever play with a spirit board or a Ouija board, even if it's for eight years old and up. I hope you enjoyed my story. I have so many more I want to share, but this one is just to start off spooky season. Thanks again so much for all your amazing selves. Creep it real and don't get scared, you guys. Best, Rosa. I just picture you're like, don't play with a Ouija board. I have scars from it. Look. (laughs) (laughs) Like the dramatic of do as I say, don't do as I do, kids. (laughs) Don't do as I do. You know what I mean. (laughs) But like, you know, like like in a movie, like the guy with the eye patch is like, you know. I know, but. You know what I'm talking about. It was like you were doing a fucking essay and you had to have a hundred count, whatever. Can't even talk about that. That's what you get for making fun of my words. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Well, like Carrie always says. Don't fuck with my sleep. Well, that, but also. All the things. Okay. Also, don't fuck with Ouija boards. Hell no. All right. Next one. Hi again, ladies. This is my second time writing in. Dot, dot, dot. This week. This story has nothing to do with me. In fact, I wasn't even born yet. This is a short one. This story includes my mom and my aunt, but mostly my aunt. This was before I was born, so my mom couldn't have been older than, like, 23, which means my aunt couldn't have been older than 16. I'm not sure of their ages, but bear with me. This begins at a Shoney's restaurant. Oh, my God. I was just talking about Shoney's this morning (laughs) at work. I was talking about, oh, how I really wanted their breakfast buffet again, but it's closed forever and ever here. They had really good ham cubes on their salad. That, look, a salad bar with ham cubes is something that I fucks with. Yes. Also, a um, breakfast bar that's got the nacho cheese. Yes. That's perfect over the potatoes. Mm-mm. Eggs. Okay. True. So, my mom and my aunt are enjoying a meal, minding their own business, when either their waiter or just a random waiter comes up and starts flirting with my aunt. 
asking her out, etc. Due to her age, she declines. And as I understand it, that was the end of it. But then, about a week later, my aunt is watching the news and sees the waiter's face. Turns out they found a dead body in his backyard. The body was his dad. So, yeah, there's my short, short story of how my aunt could have dated a murderer. Much love, B. What the hell? Uh-uh. No, no, no. Also, I don't know how y'all recognize people. <laughs> Me either. Well, one, Carrie was saying something about some local happening, and I was like, huh, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I'm clueless about shit because my dad always watched the news, so when I was tending to him, I could hear it. But now I'm like, what? <laughs> Thankfully, she dodged that bullet. Probably not appropriate to say because may have been used, but you get the point. Oh, God. Hey, guys. So, I just found out about you two months ago, and I've been binging trying to catch up. I wasn't going to write in or say anything until I was caught up, but I figured I should tell you guys some of my stories, especially after what happened today. Okay, so a little backstory. My family. We're all sensitive and have different levels of abilities. It's strong on both sides of my family. My mom and her husband, who I call my biohazard. Anyway, my own ability is that I can see people's past, present, and future. Like, not only what's happened to you before, but who you were in a past life. I also can talk to the dead. I hear them, or I also get flashes of images of what happened to them. Sometimes I see them like I would see you, or you would see me other times, and I could just get images of what they're telling me, and they'll show me from their point of view, or it's like I'm watching a movie and seeing it play out. It depends on if they know they're dead. Oh, and I can also manipulate the weather. So seeing as how the episode I was listening to was the one you guys did on reincarnation, and then again, today's events, I figured I would write you guys. So let me start with the reincarnation. My grandmother is from Ireland, and I've always felt drawn to it. When my nephew was a baby, my older sister said she couldn't handle him and wasn't ready for him yet, and left him with me. One day, he was about three, and he's looking at pictures of Ireland with me. He points to it and says, home, that's our home. We go back there again? I'm like, what do you mean? He was three, but always talked more advanced, like full sentences, easy to understand. He said, we used to live there, but we died. Then came here. You couldn't be my mom. You're too young. So my mom's my mom. She was before too. That time I got hit by a car, but this time I still came back to you. We go home. I was 17 when she left him with me and had stayed a virgin because I didn't want to be a teen mom. So there we go. Also, when I was little, I used to tell my mom, when I was in heaven, I picked you to be my mom, but I didn't pick him to be my dad. But that's who you wanted, so I got stuck with him. My mom's husband was a horrible man, abusive to my mom and siblings in every way, and she didn't find out until after he died the extent of what he was doing to the kids. He died when I was five, and I never called him dad, even when he was alive. Lastly, on reincarnation, I believe what Sylvia Brown used to say, that before you're born, we pick a soul group. That group number usually coincides with what we call our lucky numbers. The people in your soul group decide to help you along the way and agree to reincarnate in each lifetime with you. We also, as females, tend to dream of the souls of our children before they're born. They will tell you they're coming somehow. When I found out I was pregnant with my son, Connor, I had a dream I was standing on these rocks in the middle of the ocean, and it was me, but it didn't look like me. I was looking 
at a little boy who looks like my nephew, only had brown hair and eyes, and my nephew has blue eyes and blonde hair. So the little boy is telling me he misses his mom, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm your mom. And he said, you are, but not my mom now. I'll see her soon. And I grabbed his chin and say, look at me, I'm your mom. And then I wake up. It was Halloween night. That in my religion, pagan, the veils between our worlds and the spirits are at their thinnest. I remember the thought of they show themselves to you before they're born. Popped in my head and I was like, oh fuck. I went and got a test and sure enough, I was pregnant. My husband Casey was convinced it was a girl and I already knew because I saw him. He was a boy. He'd say stuff like, oh baby, stop calling her he. She's a girl and rub my belly and I'm like, sure pal. Because I knew he was a boy. Also, years later, I saw a picture of the giant causeway in Ireland, and those are the stones I was standing on. Now, on to events of today. When I was younger, I would just have dreams of stuff like storms, or someone dying, or something happening, and it would happen. That progressed to seeing spirits, then visions of them. That intensified after having my son. I'm not sure if because labor with him was so intense, I almost died, and that made it stronger, or if it was age. Anyway, it got more intense after him. The first time I remember this happening was with Dylan Redwine. I saw his picture on the news and I said, oh, his dad killed him, but they won't figure it out for years. As we all know, his dad killed him and it took almost 10 years, but he was finally convicted this month. Last month, I was telling my husband Casey about Gabby Pepito and how suspicious it all was. I'm a true crime junkie and was telling him about the stuff and me and my friend Candace had seen and read. Suddenly, as I'm showing him pictures on her Instagram, and it all came rushing to me like it does sometimes, because she, she says in the attached screenshot with my friend, basically, she suddenly was standing there like, you can hear me, you can see me, someone needs to know. And then a rush of images of what happened. I told him I'm feeling pressure in my neck and I can see her trying to pull his hands off. I think he strangled her and he used to do this before as a scare tactic, but this time he did it for too long and she's not waking up. I also told him that within 24 to 72 hours, one or both bodies will be found. It gets muddy if they're not dead, so with him, I was getting mixed signals, but I was also picking up on suicide. I usually have about an 80 to 90% accuracy. I told him September 18th on the 19th they found her body and on the 20th they confirmed it was her and today they released the cause of death, strangulation. They also found another body near the area she was in and it was another woman who went missing around the same time he died by suicide. I sometimes get frustrated with my abilities like what's the point in having them if I can't help anyone? I could have told her family, but I'm nobody from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Why would they believe me? But I remember sometimes just being able to let that soul tell you their story and help them cross over helps them. It gives them closure. So those are my stories. I'm sure I have more, but this is already super long. I just want to say I love you guys and thoroughly enjoy the podcast and all the tangents. I'm also in your Facebook group and I've only posted there once about laughing at work to old thumbless. Amber L. Old Thumbless. <laughs> Forgot about Old Thumbless. Me too. <laughs> well, holy camoli. That was a lot of information, but all I'm thinking about is, what do you see about me? <laughs> like, legit, I was like, could I be more selfish? I'm like, what do you see? <laughs> oh, 
gosh. You really do have some Leo tendencies. No, I don't. Yes, you do. (laughs) But that is wild that you have those abilities and your whole family's sensitive. That's really cool. Okay, the last one. Another spooky story. Hello, Boo Things. It's India Rose again. Preferably call me Indy because it sounds less formal. I finally got to hear my last story that I sent in. And Donna, you're telling of such a traumatic and crazy experience actually helped bring me a lot more peace about it. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Since my last message, December 2020, about my miscarriage and my creepy old courthouse job, I have welcomed my fourth and final daughter, River Lenore. She was actually born in call? In call? I know I'm messing that up, but it's also with the veil. Her amniotic sac was intact and over her face when she came out. Being born with the veil is actually a sign of strength as well as a strong connection to the dead. She has also passed meconium, earning her the nickname Spooky Dookie. Now, this story is about something that happened long before she was even a twinkle in my eye. I went to CNA school when I was about 22 years old, and I truly hated it because I took an accelerated program, so it was pretty difficult to keep up with while working and having a young child. My oldest was about two this time, but I had made it to my final test, and I sat there eager to start it. About midway through, though, my stomach started hurting really badly, to the point I was doubled over in pain, but still trying to concentrate. By the time I had finished the exam and had done the physical test portion as well, you have to do three different skills you learn during class, like cleaning a patient, making a bed, hand washing practices, removing a catheter, physically moving the patient, bed sore cleaning, etc., I was pretty sure I was dying. My right side was absolutely aching. I felt nauseous and my back had started to hurt as well. I knew, having some form of medical knowledge, that my appendix was located on my right side, but that I could also have a kidney stone or something as well. Either way, I needed to go to the hospital stat because I had no idea what was going on with me. Once I had my sitters squared away, I drove myself to the hospital. It was the one I never go to because it feels creepy, and I just didn't like it. I lived in that town for over 13 years and never went there if I could avoid it. I got there, told them what issues I was dealing with, and they got me back and into a room pretty quickly, took blood, asked their usual questions as they did my vitals but this isn't about me. So on my way back to my room, I had to stop by the nurse's station in the ER because my nurse needed to snag me a pee cup and an allergy armband, latex allergy, as evident by my four kids. Usually, they do that at the front desk, but this hospital's different. I'm not a fan for a reason. Very disorganized, fairly large death toll, but a girl's got to go where she can make it to without wrecking her truck while writhing in pain. Anyway, I'm standing there and I see an old man being rolled in by EMTs from an ambulance, looking very gray in the face and staring off into the void. Then I realized another EMT is following with a service dog. The man was blind and she was his guide dog. She looked vaguely distressed and because they were going to be working on the man, they had his service dog stay at the nurse's station while he was checked in. So I watched this gorgeous German shepherd lay down nervously at the nurse's station where she could still see the man's room, just barely covered by a curtain. 
I was taken to a room two down from his, and they left my curtain open for a bit. I just stared at the dog. Her eyes kept shifting around looking for something. I assumed her master. She would stare at that man's curtain without blinking for what seemed like an eternity before looking around wildly again. She seemed almost nervous, I guess. They finally come in and told me it's time to change out of my scrubs and into a gown for a CAT scan to check my innards. Yummy. So I gown up and get back on the bed and stare back out. But now the curtain is in my way, so no more puppy watching. I settled back on the bed and tried to close my eyes to ignore the pain in my guts. Eventually, I hear a couple shouting noises and I hear the loudspeaker overhead. Code blue, room two, code blue, room two. Y'all know a code blue isn't good news and it's coming from two doors down from mine, the blind man with the service dog. I could hear a little whimpering starting from the nurse's station and all of a sudden, I felt the strangest gust of cold air and my stomach felt like someone had dropped a 50 pound stone inside of it and my skin prickled. Behind my curtain, a big dark form walked across almost in slow motion, but there was no feet on the ground as it crossed and it almost appeared to float. About a minute and a half later, I heard the efforts to save the man start to even out. Things got quiet and suddenly a warm sensation filled the room and I watched as a giant ball of white light shot through my wall, circled around, then popped over to the desk in front of me. I jumped up despite my pain because I wanted to know if I was losing my marbles or if someone else could see this. Like, did y'all slip a girl a pain med without my knowledge or am I actually losing it for real? I popped through my curtain just in time to see the ball of light hovering over the man's service dog. She looked up and I kid you not, that dog had tears in her eyes. Legit tears. A nurse walked over to me and said, are you okay? You really shouldn't be up without help. Just use your call button. I looked at her with tears in my eyes. Don't you see that over the dog? He's with her. He's saying goodbye. She looked at me like I was annoying her and said, if you need help, use your call button, please. After a while, I got moved in to do the CAT scan, and en route to the scan area, the dog was still there, pacing like mad. Still there when I got back, still pacing. After a while, my results were back, and I just had some inflammation in my gallbladder and needed to eat more table salt, iodine. Weird prognosis, but okay. I pulled my scrubs back on, fixed my ponytail, tied my sneakers on, and headed out with a packet telling me to eat more salt. As I exited, the dog was standing there still, and I asked another nurse, what are they going to do with her now that he's dead? She looked startled. How did you know he was dead? I saw something pass by on its way to get him. He left the room and came through mine to see the dog. She looked like she was going to cry. Animal services will come retrieve her and she will likely go to a nice home where she can continue to be a service dog. They won't put her to sleep. Not if I have anything to say about it, ma'am. Get well and rest, okay? I left there stunned. I've seen some strange things and I've had more experiences since then, which I'll write about in periodically. I'm not too sure about why he came through my room. I wonder if maybe because he was blind in life, he left his body unsure of how to use his sight which is why he went to the dog. She was his eyesight in life, so maybe he wanted her to reassure him that he could do it on his own to find the light. Not sure, just speculating. Either way, it was my first time being nearby when someone passed. 
It wasn't really scary, but I do know I watched death pass by my room that day. We were a mere curtain apart. Kind of how a thin veil sits between life and death. Just me, alive, a thin curtain, and death. That isn't so much scary as it's a reminder that life is pretty fragile and I don't have to be a very elderly blind man to die. Treasuring life isn't some hot take. I just got a pretty good reminder that day and on any day that I think about it again. Hoping that you ladies are having a wonderful spooky season. It'll be my first time wrangling all four kids during trick-or-treating and doing our first trunk-or-treat for the PTO. They don't usually include us because we're 30 and heavily tattooed. They'll really enjoy it when my oldest comes in with purple hair after Halloween weekend. I'm always praying for you two's health, and I really love and appreciate you both from the bottom of my heart. Sending y'all my love from a cow field in Florida, Indy. Okay, I was like, oh my god, if you adopted that dog, <laughs> like I was just trying to see. But I mean, if she could be a service dog for someone else, that's good. But You were legit making it like a movie. I know. <laughs> I get weirdly invested, okay? No, completely understand, though. That's so sad. But, oh my God, that, like, yeah, that you saw death. And then, but you saw him also. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you saw death, but then you saw, like, him after death. I don't know. It's just very cool. Also, did you eat more table salt? <laughs> There's not a lot of diagnoses that you get told to eat more salt. Right? Oh my God. Okay. So I saw this TikTok that POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Okay. POTS. So it's like you change positions and your heart rate goes high. I'm sure there's way more to it, but that's my dumbed down version of it that I understand. One of the things they have to do is eat more salt too. So that's what made me think of it. But um, there was this TikTok that um, this girl was like, I have POTS. And her friends was her friend was like, I'm pansexual. And they're like, and together, we're pots and pans. <laughs> That's funny. I died laughing. And like, wait. I was like, okay, wait. Okay, so there's this thing. You know, you have yeah. to like, but like, it was so niche, but I laughed <laughs> so hard at that. That's funny. Okay, speaking of laughing, one more. We've got an Ambien. Yay. You know what? This is really just a birthday celebration for me. Okay. Okay. Hey, ladies, we're jumping right in. I'll save the swooning for the end of this email. So I'm going to start this off with a little tidbit that I had a slightly troublesome childhood. To give you an idea, when I was in high school, my mom had her own substance abuse issues, and we used to get in a lot of fights. But in this particular evening, things got pretty bad. She kicked me out, and my best friend at the time came to pick me up. We went back to her house with her slightly problematic mother. Gotta love it, right? Her mom's idea of being supportive was giving me two plates of spaghetti and a strong-ass Ambien. Okay, I was about to say, it, this is an Ambien story, right? Yes. Followed up with, make sure you don't stay awake past a certain point, because it'll get weird. Well, folks, she wasn't wrong. My friend and I curled up in her bed watching South Park and hanging out. As I'm sure you guessed, I did not go straight to sleep. At one point, I really needed some water, and while laying down, I felt fine. The moment I stood up, words couldn't come out, and my feet turned into fucking cinder blocks. <laughs> I started, air quotes, walking out of the bedroom, which was actually just me sliding my feet across the ground while moving slower than goddamn molasses. <laughs> I finally made it into the hallway, and that's when I about shit myself. There it was, standing tall and terrifying. A dog monster. 
What? <laughs> now, when I say dog monster, I truly don't know how else to describe it. It stood like a werewolf, teeth snarling, eyes locked onto mine. I dragged my stupid cinder block feet towards the kitchen to fill up my water while simultaneously crying because what the fuck is a dog monster doing in my friend's hallway? <laughs> Dragging my feet back to the bedroom, I saw the monster in the distance. Upon getting closer, my eyes started to focus in, and to my surprise, it was the goddamn vacuum cleaner, y'all. <laughs> that's it. Just a vacuum cleaner. Oi, vey. Face palm. Well, that's my ambient story. You ladies cracked me the fuck up. I love listening, y'all. Currently binging your episodes since I just started listening about six months ago. Just hit episode 76, so who knows if y'all will pick this or when I'll hear it. Remember, ladies, creep it real and watch out for ambient-fueled dog monsters. <laughs> Oh, God. Gotta love the ending stories. <laughs> Thank you for sending that in. Thank y'all for sending all these in. We love ending with the ambient laugh. Keep yes. them coming. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.